How can you boost your performance during the game? What you should eat and drink? What's the optimal way to prepare for a game? And how can you recover effectively after a stressful match? If you have all the answers to these questions, then I apologize for taking these 10 seconds of your life. Sorry, please. And if you do not, and you are eager to learn, welcome to Trasmuth Podcast. Today our guest is Ben Greenfield. He is the author of, attention, 13 best-selling books covering health, biohacking, fitness and brain. In 2008, Ben was voted America's top personal trainer. He has worked with many top athletes, CEOs, some of the top poker players and has been a president of a chess club. Who could be better suited to enlighten us on optimizing our brain's performance? Champions, during the episode, Ben was walking as he often does during his interviews, so the audio quality is not optimal. However, I believe that all the insights and tips he shares will more than make up for it. Let's dive in and learn from one of the top world's experts on how to enhance our performance. Ben, thank you very much for accepting the invitation and coming here. Thanks, man, a lot. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. I, uh, I, I'm honored. Uh, ben, you know, two years ago, I was sitting next to the river. I was going through my Kindle and looking through the books I'm reading, what I was doing, and I felt very stupid <laughs> that I'm reading all about mindset and all the rest, and I didn't have many books about uh, brain, about fitness, about health. And then I started to grind up into this topic. And then one day I was talking to our mutual friend, James Altucher, and I said, James, I need you to introduce me someone because all these fitness coaches are uh, saying, do this, do that, do that, that, and you will be healthy. But many things will not be good for my brain. So, and he interrupted me. He interrupted me and said, Ben, Ben Greenfield. Ben is the guy. Uh, so since since then, I bought your book, Boundless, and I started to grinding about this uh, whole universe, uh, which is very connected together, the health and brain. And I was fascinated by your book. Wow. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm quite sorry for having taken up so much space on your Kindle with my big book, but hopefully it worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I Initially, I couldn't open it and start reading because I was like, "It's fifteen hundred pages. How I will do that?" But then it it got me got got my interest, and I started to go section by section, page by page. It is very interesting, and I know that this whole topic, this brain health, it's 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 super big. Uh, but I want you to ask to focus on top two areas that we chess players struggle. Myself, I became a grandmaster, but all my life I didn't know exactly what should I do before the game to boost my performance, and what should I do during the game to boost my performance. I had no idea about like sleep, what should I, how should I diet, should I take cold shower or hot shower, and whatever. Yeah. So, uh, can we go ahead and start? What should normal person, normal chess player do before the game? Uh, to boost their performance, which any simple person can do that without going and ordering thousand things from Amazon. Yeah. Okay. So things you could do without like spending a bunch of money on, say, I don't know, supplements or 
smart drugs or nootropics or the kind of like more fancy expensive things yeah yeah okay so uh so first of all i think one thing that's important to realize here is we can start off with the dietary component because i think that that's pretty critical since that's going to serve as the brain fuel for better or worse now there is a concept uh that is quite popular in nutrition that the brain needs a certain amount of glucose or sugar for fuel to perform well and that's true but it doesn't need as much as most people think maybe like 40 grams a day and if you have high blood glucose levels high blood sugar levels or your blood sugar levels are fluctuating a lot during the day then that tends to result in a little bit more of an inflammatory condition or a more distracted condition, uh, particularly when it comes to brain performance. So the first thing that I would consider doing if you need to focus for long periods of time or perform cognitively would be to limit the amount of blood sugar fluctuations that are occurring by choosing a higher fat type of meal prior to engaging in these cognitively demanding tasks to avoid high sugar foods such as wheat, bagels, you know, cereals, etc. even like the ones that are considered to be healthier such as whole grains and to even consider the idea of fasting or intermittent fasting all of which would help to put your body into a state of what's called ketosis where instead of burning glucose for fuel you're burning more ketones for fuel by the brain. There are even uh, now companies that are selling, and, and many brain and body performance athletes are using these. They're selling these things called ketones, and you can literally like drink these ketones to shift your body's brain fuel into an even deeper state of ketosis. But to give you an example, like let's say you were to finish eating dinner the night before at 8 p.m. Well, if you were fasting all night, which I'd recommend, you could wake up in the morning and you could have, for example, a cup of green tea or coffee with say a couple of eggs in coconut oil or butter and maybe a half of an avocado. And that would be an example of like a higher fat meal with a little bit of protein that's limited in carbohydrates that would help to shift your body into more of a state of ketosis. So that's one thing I would consider from a, from a food standpoint. And I've got some other ideas for you that don't involve like fancy supplements or things like that, but does that make sense for, for the diet? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we should, uh, we should totally avoid Coca-Cola. Yes. Something that it's very popular among chess players drinking during and before the game, thinking that it will give them glucose, uh, so it, it, as far as I understood, it's, it's, it's very wrong approach. Yeah. I mean, arguably some of the caffeine from the Coca-Cola might be beneficial for brain performance, but obviously a better choice if you want to avoid the blood sugar fluctuations would be something like green tea or, a, or a coffee, like an organic coffee, for example. And I only say organic because a lot of coffee can have mold it if it's not organic and that long term can result in brain fog paradoxically so uh so yeah coca-cola 
Coca-Cola mostly because of the sugar, not because of the caffeine, because the caffeine can be helpful, honestly, uh, would be something that I would avoid. Now, the next thing that I would consider would be something that I think is fantastic for wakefulness, for epinephrine, for adrenaline, and for increased resilience to stress. And that would be some type of cold exposure prior to the competition. This could be, for example, before you have that breakfast. So that would be a cold shower, cold bath, cold soak. I realize that it sounds silly, but the amount of focus and energy and wakefulness that you can get by being exposed to cold for anywhere from, you know, like two minutes up to 10 minutes period of time prior to competing can be really beneficial. So I would consider something like that as a little bit of a, as a little bit of a hack. And then the other thing that's interesting is that uh, there's a lot of research that shows that uh, an aerobic exercise session can increase the levels of brain derived neurotrophic factor is abbreviated BDNF. It's almost like miracle grow for the brain. So for example, you could get up to the hotel, bicycle, outdoors, walking, whatever, and you could do about 20 minutes of cardio and then finish with two to five minutes of something like a cold shower. And that combination of aerobic exercise plus cold can be fantastic for the brain. And then of course you still would not eat like a high sugar meal afterwards. If you're gonna eat afterwards, you'd have the higher fat meal with a little bit of protein in it, like I mentioned earlier, like eggs and avocado or, you know, a handful of, of nuts with a cup of coffee, that type of thing. And then now that you've done cold, now that you've done cardio, and you've got a little bit of protein and a decent amount of fat for breakfast, then you'd be in a state where you could, you know, you could show up to perform, but you've not like had to spend a bunch of money on expensive supplements or something like that. And with cold shower, you mean contrast shower, like cold and hot? Like you are recommending doing 20, 10 seconds or just cold shower for minutes? That's a great question. So hot, cold contrast showers can be something that can be beneficial for blood flow for recovery, such as if you're very sore, if you've had a hard workout the day prior. But if you're, if you're just doing it for wakefulness and energy, you don't have to alternate back and forth between hot and cold. You can just go cold the whole time. So you do that in the morning, and what if the game starts at 3 p.m.? So one you do in the morning, and then right before the game? Well, let me ask you this. What would you be doing between the morning and 3 p.m. if we're, if you weren't competing until 3 p.m.? Would you need to actually be there in the hotel or the foyer or the gaming area? Or are you just kind of like in your hotel room or your bedroom or at home? Or what? what's the scenario where you'd be until 3 p.m.? Yeah, sure. So typ typical situation in international tournaments, usually they start at 3 p.m. So you have time to have breakfast. Then you have time to have a lunch, which usually starts at 1 p.m. And then you can do whatever you want. Just show up to the game at 3 p.m. So yeah. you need to be in the yeah. playing hall only at 3. Before that, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So a few slight modifications. First of all, because if you've done an aerobic exercise session, the BDNF from that is present in your system for about 12 hours. So you would still wake up. You would still do something similar to what I described earlier, like an aerobic exercise session with a little bit of cold afterwards. Although you should note that uh, 
you know, you could go a little bit longer than 20 minutes. If you had the time available, you could go up to an hour if you wanted to. Uh, and then between breakfast and lunch, the main thing to do would be to avoid a lot of snacking, avoid a lot of sugars, and even avoid a lot of stimulants. Because what happens is when you wake, your body naturally releases a certain amount of the wakefulness hormone cortisol. And if you have a whole bunch of stimulants in the morning, when you're already producing cortisol, it can actually result in kind of this rebound effects that leaves you tired by the time, say, 2 or 3 or 4 p.m. rolls around, which obviously for a 3 p.m. game wouldn't be that great. So what you do is use actually, you'd actually limit your intake of any stimulants, whether it's caffeine or, or green tea or any type of supplement for energy or anything like that until you're pretty close to your game, like 2, 2.30, 2.45 p.m. So you would, you would actually want to avoid having a lot of coffee or caffeine or anything like that until then. And you just want to, you know, hydrate with water, for example, or, or something that's, uh, you know, more like a kombucha or a kefir or a fermented beverage or water or anything but an energy drink or coffee or something like that. Now, your lunch, if you are going to have a lunch, Although again, if you aren't competing until three, I'm not even opposed to doing something like an intermittent fast and having just one meal leading up to 3 p.m., which would be something like lunch. But lunch would be similar, you know, uh, good fatty fish, seeds, nuts, vegetables, eggs, avocado, just not a lot of carbohydrates like sandwiches, pasta, cakes, crackers, uh, breads, etc. Yeah, French fries would definitely be out. You know, if you combine vegetable oils with sugar, uh, that's even worse than just sugar alone. So French fries are like French fries and potato chips for that reason are two of the worst foods. So anyways, um, and then so you've got lunch. And let's say you are going to have lunch at, I don't know, like noon or one. Well, I'm a fan, especially if you've been up since the morning, of potentially giving your brain a little bit of a break prior to beginning your game. So this would mean kind of the idea of a siesta or a nap or a relaxation session or a meditation session, or honestly, I think at the top of the priority list for something like that would be breath work because breath work will oxygenate the brain. It can be relaxing. You're sitting down. It's a little bit more active than meditation and would allow for a little bit better focus and cognition later on. So there are some really good breathwork apps that have anywhere from five minutes up to 90 minutes of breathwork that they'll walk you through. There's one called uh, Othership. Instead of Mothership, it's called Othership. I think that one's pretty good. And so let's say you have lunch at, I don't know, noon or 1230. You finish lunch. Maybe you go for a quick walk after lunch to keep the blood sugar down. And then you could do a breathwork session for you know, a half hour at one or one thirty, And then after that, you'd be ready to, to head over to your game. So a few modifications, but the, the main thing here I want to emphasize, if you're competing later on in the day, you know, still have lunch be a lower sugar, lower starch meal, consider a slightly longer exercise session, still with the cold at some point before lunch, maybe a quick walk after lunch, and then either meditation or a brief nap or best yet breath work. Uh, right after lunch before your game and then try to avoid any stimulants like caffeine green tea etc until it's getting pretty close to like an hour before your game do you take a cold shower right before the game again like one in the morning one before the game 
well, don't laugh, but I, you know, I, I, I work from home. So I have like a cold tub and kind of like a cold soak at my home. And I'm often like jumping in that three, four, five times during the day. So I'm just in that all the time during the day. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of cold for a lot of reasons besides the, just the cognition, like it increases fat burning, it increases metabolism. You know, I, I, yeah, like yesterday, I think I was, I was literally like bathing in cold water, not for long, like 30 to 90 seconds, I think like six or seven times. So I'm just like constantly getting cold. I think it's one of the best free or pretty inexpensive brain and body performance hacks that you can do. Most people don't like it because it's uncomfortable, but once you get used to it, uh, and, uh, pardon the expression, once you learn how to shut up the inner bitch, then the cold can actually be super duper effective. It's been probably about a month that I'm experimenting, shutting up that inner bitch, as you said. Uh, I was going mostly with your podcast, listening to you and Wim Hof. After that, I started, okay, I'm going to experiment and give me this cold exposure. And the effects are incredible. Like how it wakes you up, how better you feel. It was amazing. So cold shower, I, I absolutely understand why you are such a big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. It works pretty well. It works really well, actually. And interestingly, it's, you know, like I mentioned, it's also really, really great for fat loss also, especially if you do it you know, like in a fasted state when you wake up in the morning before you've had any food. Right. Then you said, uh, try to avoid uh, some, some caffeine, uh, try to avoid, you mean like, can I take one cup in the morning and one before the game or even avoid the morning cup of coffee? The more you can avoid it in the morning, the better. So, for example, what you could do is uh, there, there's a certain form of tea or mushroom called adaptogen. So, for example, uh, reishi mushroom would be one example. Ashwagandha would be another example. I would even consider green tea because it has some different components in it that balance out the caffeine to fall into that category. And if you're trying to optimize for everything, I would have something like tea that's very low or no caffeine uh, along with or and or an adaptogen like reishi or ashwagandha or even a cup of green tea in the morning if you kind of want to have a hot beverage and then again if it were up to me i'd save the coffee the caffeine etc the higher caffeinated teas until you're getting ready to head over to your game or getting started with your game got it all right, so we are, I think, okay, what to do before the game, what we should do during the game when it usually takes somewhere on average between three to four hours. What can we do yeah. during the game? Yeah, okay, so now we're going to talk about some things that are kind of fun in the realm of uh, what's called biohacking. So mm -hmm. first of all, uh, there are certain things that can keep you awake and alert. There's one that's a wristband or an ankle band, depending on where you put it. It's called the Apollo. It's made by the company Apollo Neuroscience, and it creates a mild vibratory sensation. You can put it on sleep or relaxation or calm, but you can also put it on energy or focus. And because wow. nobody wow. even, even kind of knows you have it on, it could be around your ankle, that thing is incredible. I've used that to stay awake, you know, on airplanes while I'm riding or alternatively to, you know, to sleep if I'm in a, you know, in a busy or a stressed out state. So... I would definitely consider something like that. Uh, the other thing that 
you could consider is the fact that your posture will dictate your wakefulness. You can actually, you know, not only focus on like a better, more upright posture, but there are even like special back belts that you can wear that will keep you in a more upright position that can enhance your wakefulness and your energy, especially if you're seated for long periods of time. Like I have one for work. It's called the better back belt. And you just strap it around your knees and your back. It'll keep you in an upright position. So you can have an upright posture with these mild vibratory sensations traveling up your leg. And that will keep you in this really awake and alert type of position. Now, of course, there are also compounds that you can take that will keep you energized. I think that one of the things a lot of people don't fail to realize is that your body can kind of get used to certain energizing compounds. Like if all you do is drink coffee, then your body's gonna need more and more to be able to get that effect. Or if all you drink is, I don't know, EGCG from green team with theanine, you know, your body's gonna get used to that effect. So I'm a fan of stimulating the body with a variety of different stimulants during something like that. Now the cheapest way to go, I think the, the ultimate one-two combo, that's a real budget hack, is you basically get like a nicotine toothpick. You can get nicotine toothpicks all over the place, Amazon or whatever. Uh, nicotine gum would be another option, but unfortunately it doesn't taste very good with coffee. And I've used this for long riding days. I'll just sip a cup of coffee and have a nicotine toothpick in. And that's a real, because you're getting two different compounds rather than just one from the caffeine. Now, there's also, like I mentioned earlier, a lot more fancy, like done for you smart drugs or nootropics that go way beyond that. Like, for example, there's uh, one company called Newtopia, N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A. You go to their website and you fill out this questionnaire and it identifies what your unique neurotransmitter type is. And then it custom designs certain things for memory, for cognition, for focus, for brain energy, etc. And you get like six different supplements sent to your house. You can kind of like cycle between them as you're playing different games or throughout the week. There's another supplement. You probably heard me talk about it with James Altucher because I think I mentioned it to him called Qualia Mind. And it's, you know, it's a lot. It's like eight different capsules that you take. But that's fantastic because it's got like 40 things in addition to what you just get from like caffeine and nicotine in it. So it's almost like brain food with a whole bunch of different things for it, uh, in, in it for the brain. Uh, and then there's also the idea of microdosing with things people would normally use in higher doses for like entheogens or plant medicines. So like a very small dose of psilocybin can increase creativity and focus. A very small dose of LSD, like 10 to 20 micrograms, you know, like one tenth of what you'd use for tripping out can be used for enhancing lateral thinking patterns and left and right brain hemispheric coordination, which is fantastic for a game like chess. Uh, and a lot of people laugh and say, oh, you tell me to get high? I say, no, I actually think if, if it was up to me, most people would know, oh, the intended use for compounds like this that are, I think, the equivalent of getting drunk in high doses is actually quite a bit of an efficacious uh, brain-boosting effect in lower doses. So things like low-dose psilocybin or low-dose uh, LSD would be other examples. If you want something more like a tea that you could sip on, there's one called Lion's Mane. Lion's Mane mushroom tea is fantastic for cognition and it can be even combined with coffee. It can be combined with green tea. 
It could be combined with, like I mentioned, like low-dose psilocybin or any of these other nootropics or smart drugs I was talking about. And that can also be fantastic. I think that, you know, if all you're doing is drinking coffee, then it's pretty old school. If you're adding nicotine to that, it's a little bit better. But man, like it's almost like an illegal performance enhancing advantage for the brain once you start to experiment with some of these nootropic or smart drug combinations. So yeah, quality of mind is good. Newtopia is good. A company called Onnit has one called Alpha Brain. That's pretty good. And uh, remember, the trick is to not like just use one all the time. It's to have a few different options and to cycle through them. So your brain is never getting used to just like one single method of being stimulated. Got it. Nice. But do you think this 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 stuff will be legal legal? Because recently more and more arbiters after the game can take you to the doping test. And do you yeah, think there's a few okay? some are not legal, like modafinil in especially like esports, e-gaming. In some cases, I don't know which federations are testing or not, but some gaming federations will test for levels of modafinil, also known as ProVigil. That'd be one that would not be legal. Others that are all natural, like caffeine or nicotine or lion's mane, those would be fine. It's actually very difficult Qualia to test fine. for psilocybin. What's that? What, qualia is fine? Yeah, that would be fine. You know, there there might be some fringe regulations that could potentially look down upon something like that, but it's pretty much impossible to really test whether what you'd be getting from qualia came from your breakfast or from a supplement. So, so that's yes. one that, yes. that uh, I think you'd be pretty safe with. Once you start to play with drugs and pharmaceuticals, because of the way that tests are run, those typically have more precise ways of measuring the levels of something like modafinil or say Adderall or sometimes even psilocybin or LSD in your system. So I'd be a little bit more careful with those, but anything that's just like natural, you know, there's a difference between a nootropic and a smart drug. A nootropic is kind of like a mind directing compound. That's all natural. Whereas a smart drug is often a pharmaceutical that's uh, sometimes banned, sometimes easier to test for. So, so yeah, you'd obviously still want to check and make sure that you're playing within the legal yes. bounds. Because yes. as with any sport, yeah. you know, regulations change from year to year, but you'd be shocked at how many of these, uh, would be considered fully legal and or completely unable for someone to be able to test for. Oh, I, I, I have met so many grandmasters in my life and I have never seen anyone using this and I can imagine what kind of effect can have this, all this nootropic stuff. I'm definitely yeah. going to test it at, at my work and see how it goes. And then well, we'll think about like, to this topic. Yeah. Think about like Lance Armstrong, right? Like Lance Armstrong was really good. And again, I'm not advocating like doping or, or illegal performance enhancing drugs or cheating. But if you look at Lance Armstrong and all the other Tour de France cyclists and you compare like when they were on hormones or steroids or drugs or performance enhancing aids, their times were way faster. It's almost like taking somebody who's already good at something and making them even better. Or you look at like the National Football League in America, right? Like, 40 years ago, they were all skinny and weighed 250 pounds. And now they're massive and complete specimens. And yeah, I mean, a lot of them are testosterone and steroids. And so they're bigger and they've got creatine and protein. So it's, it's almost like you could take someone who's already pretty good at something and with the right combination of neurochemicals and neurotransmitters, make them even better at something, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, like I, I advise a lot of poker players also. And I'm surprised that 
how much potential has yet to be unlocked in uh, in games that rely on mental performance. It's like a lot of this stuff kind of is unknown. I've got a couple of poker players who I'm advising now who are, you know, almost top of the top in the poker industry. And, and they're doing stuff like this, along with, you know, a lot of sleep enhancing techniques and, you know, and, and different types of nootropics. And, you know, some of the things I talked about, like cold showers and avoidance of vegetable oils and using a diet that's more of a ketosis diet than a higher sugar diet. And they see profound improvements in the way that they perform and the amount of money they make. And have you ever, have you ever advised a chess player? Besides you and James, this is, this is kind of a new category for me, but I understand the game. I understand the requirements and I understand how the brain works. So it's really not that difficult to, to figure out what's going to work. You know, I, I haven't been competing for professional chess for about 10 years already, but I'm thinking to play some world rapid championship, maybe next year. So I'll call you and ask you for advice. It will be very interesting to, to use this nootropic stuff unlock the full potential and beat these top guys this this is so so interesting i was going through your nootropic section and i was like wow 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 so much thing there is and that we don't have ideas that they are legal many of them are coming from historical from the chinese or indians and how much potential we are leaving on the table yeah i mean not we didn't even talk about peptides but i mean Peptides are like the new frontier of medicine. People are now using these peptides, which are very short amino acid sequences that are sometimes injectable. Like you've probably heard of that new weight loss drug that everybody's excited about called Ozempic or semaglutide. Like that's an injectable peptide. Technically, insulin is an injectable peptide. But there are certain peptides that literally turn your brain into a super machine. And the interesting thing is that the brain ones you take intranasally. So you wouldn't have to like take an insulin syringe to your chess game or something like that you could literally just have it in your pocket as an intranasal spray and do like a spray in each nostril every hour and uh the the two that are intranasal sprays that will boost your brain derived neurotraffic levels even like 10 times higher than lion's mane are ones called c-lank like s-e-l-a-n-k c-lank the other one's called c-max s-e-m-a-x and you can literally just like buy these from peptide websites like there's one website called Limitless Life Nootropics that sells it as a spray. And that stuff, I mean, you huff it and within like 60 seconds, you feel like your brain is is just like completely wiped clean like a slate in a good way. Like all the brain fog disappears and you just have crystal clear thinking. The only issue with those is your brain can get used to them pretty quickly, even more than some of the other stuff I mentioned. So you'd well, kind of, well, you'd kind of want to like save those type of things for game day. Got it, got it, got it. And w one thing you mentioned about posture that I have never heard. So if if you see how chess players play, they often lie on the board. They they say sit very not healthy way for their back. And you mentioned about staying sitting up straight. Did I understand correctly yeah. that when you sit up straight, it's the best way to sit in front of the game? Yeah, because if you look at the way that cerebrospinal fluid and blood flows to the brain, if the discs are compressed, then you see limited blood flow to the brain. This is actually one of the reasons people are groggy when they first wake up, because you have a little bit of a decrease in blood oxygenation to the brain and cerebrospinal blood flow, and you wake up and you're tired, and then within like 20 minutes, and especially if you stretch, all of a sudden you feel the brain waking up. And there are, of course, other reasons for that, like exposure to light, 
or movement or hydration, but it's interesting how much posture and specifically blood flow and flow of cerebrospinal fluid can affect cognition. Now it's kind of funny because even though I don't wear a back belt when I am at church, you know, we go to church every Sunday and I sometimes get tired during the sermon. Uh, it's not because I'm a bad Christian. It's just, you know, you're sitting there for a long time. So I have this little tiny uh, back device. It's this little plastic piece. And I put it in between my back and the chair. And you can barely see it. It's like the size of my finger. But it pokes into my vertebrae and keeps me in this bolt upright position. And I'm awake and alert the whole time. I get that. There's this company called SoRite. It's spelled P-S-O-R-I-T-E. P-S-O-R-I-T, so right. And it's made as like a back therapy device, but I just sandwich it between myself and the chair and it keeps me upright. Now, if I was able to do this without getting funny looks or you know, if I was sitting for a period of time and had a little bit more control over my situation, then I would use one of these better back devices to keep my posture as upright as possible for that increase in spinal flow. And the cool thing about the better back device, because I'll use it sometimes I'm sitting well, I'm at my desk or working is you can still lean forward a little bit. Like you can still totally like lean over the board and move positions, but it just does a really good job keeping your back straight. You can probably see like a Google image search of it to see what it looks like, but super easy to put on. I just got it like five or six months ago. It's a game changer for posture. You know, the other option is you can just take like a rolled up towel or something like a lumbar back support and just sandwich that between your chair and your lower back. So I think a really, really great book for lots of little tips like this, not that you need another book to read, is called Deskbound. And Deskbound is written by this guy named Kelly Starrett. He's a physical therapist. He has all sorts of great tips for even like airplanes, offices, you know, sitting for long periods of time, kind of similar to the tips I just shared with you as far as like how to maintain really good back health and alertness if you have to sit for a while or if you're, you know, as the name of the book says, Deskbound. Must you recommend working standing? It depends. A study came out two weeks ago that showed that your cognitive performance can be impaired when standing versus seated. So I alternate like I'm walking right now while I'm talking to you because I really don't have to type or anything while you and I are talking. I, I find that if I'm walking or if I'm seated, I can perform a little bit better cognitively. Now standing, I'll use that for like replying to emails, doing a little bit more kind of like rote work that's productive. But if I have to be creative and write an article, I like to be seated. And if I want to like talk with people and keep my mind alert, I like to be walking like outdoors or on a walking treadmill. So it kind of depends, but it is interesting. A lot of people think that just like seating is just the new smoking and it's bad for you. But in fact, if you really want to like write something creative or focus with creativity, seating is actually better than standing. I'm just thinking, uh, can, can you stay? uh play around during the chess game often stand and sink often sit depends on the position yeah you could even like take a little seated or lunging like a mat that you could uh you know they make these things called topo mats that are designed for standing workstations that you could sit on or kneel on but yeah alternating through a wide variety of positions to increase blood flow and keep metabolism elevated is a good idea you know it's kind of the same reason like every half hour during the workday, even if I'm seated, I'll stand up and do like 30 jumping jacks, you know, just to keep the heart rate up and keep the metabolism yeah. flowing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, during the game, like it's a few hours, yeah? 
I never knew what should I drink. Should I drink water? How much water? Or should I drink something else? And how much? What do you recommend during the game? What to drink? Well, like I mentioned, like I, I would alternate between some caffeinated compounds like green tea and coffee. I also really like low sugar kombucha or low sugar water kefir. And by low sugar, I mean, you look at the label, it should be like 20 calories or less if you're getting it from Whole Foods or whatever, because they're really great ferments that are good for the gut, but they don't have a lot of blood sugar unbalancing type of compounds in them. Uh, I also like sparkling water because sparkling water keeps you a little bit more satiated than regular water. But I'll tell you the ultimate thing that we haven't talked about yet, and that is that sometimes if you're performing in a competitive situation, you can get nervous, you can get digestive distress, or sometimes you get bloating or gas and it becomes distracting to you. Well, it turns out that the same thing that you can put into water to make bloating and gas and indigestion go away is also a fantastic wakefulness enhancing agent for the brain, and that's peppermint oil. And I use this a lot, like on airplanes, when I'm working at my desk, is I drink Pellegrino or Gerald Steiner or another really good like glass bottled sparkling water so I'm not getting like the microplastics and all the crap that's in plastic bottles and then I put a few drops of peppermint essential oil in there and so I can sip on peppermint oil because it's stabilizing for the gut but it's also providing some cognitive enhancement for the brain and so you could do a little bit of that a little bit of coffee a little bit of green tea a little bit of a low sugar fermented beverage but, you know, for me personally, I'm always drinking all sorts of different things during the day. The other one I kind of like if people are into soda or Coca-Cola and they want a way to feel like they're drinking soda without getting all the sugar is there's one company, you may have seen them at the grocery stores before, they're called Zevia, Z-E-V-I-A, like Z-I-V-I-A. And they have a stevia flavored soda and they have it in flavors like Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew and ginger ale. And it's actually pretty healthy. You know, I even interviewed the guy who makes it on my podcast, and I was impressed with the ingredients and everything. So that would be another option, would be something like Zevia Soda. So, you know, kind of like nootropics or smart drugs, you know, you can kind of like vary between a lot of different options, but those are a few that I would consider. How much do you, how much do you drink of them, like each hour? Oh, well, it depends. Like, like you know, you obviously don't want to be up peeing all the time, but... Generally, if you're seated and you're not sweating a lot and the temperature isn't crazy, if you can drink about 12 to 16 ounces of fluid an hour, that's pretty good. 16 just, yeah, not much. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, especially if you're competing, you don't have to get up to pee all the time. It's distracting. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Well, you share lots of tips, Ben. What about recovery, like after the game? So it's like 8, 8, 8 p.m., let's say, or 7 p.m. So you finished the game, you went to the dinner, you had something. Uh, how do you recover best for, for the next day? It all comes down to quality sleep, quality sleep, and quality sleep. And there's four things to do when it comes to quality sleep. Light, temperature, sound, and stress. So I'll address those briefly. Light means that in the morning, before the game, get exposed to as much natural light as possible. That's why if I said, like, go for a walk in the morning, do it in the natural sunlight if you can, or a bike ride or anything else where you're getting exposed to a lot of natural light. As soon as you are in an area of the world where the sun has set, you should have a really good pair of blue light blocking glasses. Uh, 
I use some by a company called Raw Optics, RA Optics. You know, I've listed some other brands I like on my website at bengreenfieldlife.com. But you put on blue light blocking glasses, you activate the night mode on your phone, you decrease the color intensity of the television or the computer, and you get your eyes and yes, even your skin exposed to as little bright light as possible. I even go so far as to use red lights only in my bedroom. And when I travel, I have a headlamp that's a red light headlamp. So I don't have to have any bright lights on at all in my hotel room at night, nor do I have to be looking at bright lights because I have those blue light blocking glasses on. So that's one is light. Number two is temperature. Number two is temperature, get as cold as possible. So uh, what I mean by cold as possible is if you can get the hotel room temperature somewhere between 64 and 66 degrees, you'll sleep a lot better. You wanna avoid a heavy spicy mood, uh, um, heavy spicy food, or like a hard exercise session within two to three hours prior to bed. So you don't get things like meat sweats and night sweats. So sleep cool, sleep naked if you need to, get the hotel room temperature as low as possible. So that's number two. Number three, is sound. I have a, for example, I have one app called Sleepstream, and I can play white noise through that that will drown out ambient sounds in a hotel room or dogs barking or, you know, drivers going up or down the road, etc. So I use uh, typically like some really good wax earplugs, you know, like Max wax earplugs from Amazon, and then I'll play that Sleepstream white noise to drown out ambient sound even though I'll keep the phone in airplane mode because you don't want a lot of electricity and that'll lead to my fourth thing, stress in the bedroom. But I'll, I'll play sound with the phone in airplane mode. And then lastly is stress. What I mean by that is your body should only associate your bed and your bedroom with sleep and maybe sex. And so that means like, you know, if you check into the hotel room, don't go flop down your stomach on the bed with your laptop open, banging out some emails. Uh, save the desk in the hotel room for the work. Or if you have a bedroom at home, keep the TV out of it so you aren't distracted. Maybe you have a couple just like real paper books that are like fiction books by the bedside to keep your mind off of work. Uh, don't do anything stressful while you're in bed, whether it's emails or phone calls or work or anything. You do not want your body to associate the bed with work. And so if you do those four things, control light, control temperature, control sound, and control stress, I mean, there's, there's nothing better than an amazing night of sleep. You know, it beats out just about everything when it comes to recovery and performance. Right. So, so, so for, for listeners, I have read a few books about sleeping. And then when I was going through Ben's uh, book, Boundless, through the chapter about sleeping, I found so much information zipped in everything. And at the end, he was recommending some very cool books about sleeping. I highly recommend guys taking it, taking it because I was competing professionally i have met so many professional chess players and nobody gave so much attention to sleep while it is just super important thing and whenever i was working with my peak performance coaches everyone was starting with was sleep like the first questions they were asking about about my sleep and ben let me ask you this this question um Many people are having problem with sleeping. They are doing X, Y, Z thing to to finally sleep. In my case, in my case, it it reverse. So I'm I I sleep in one minute. Is it bad? Does it mean I'm tired all the time? You said you sleep in. I sleep in seconds, maximum in one minute. I don't understand what you mean. You sleep in seconds or one minute. 
So I, I found that usually sleep should take when you when you put your head on your pillow is take fifteen minutes. Yeah, usually. In my case, oh, I'm sleeping oh, I in see. seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's called your sleep latency, the amount of time it takes you to fall asleep. If you have yes. a lower sleep latency, that's actually most often a good thing. The only thing is, good like, thing. if you're competing and you and you find that, that, like, you're getting tired too early at night or you're waking up too early in the morning and you want to be able to stay out later at night if you're maybe, I don't know, back west and you're accustomed to being back east or you have a late night game or you had a late night game and you want to sleep in everything. I just talked about with light. It can be in reverse. Like you can make sure you get exposed to lots of light at night and then limit light exposure in the morning and you eat at night and you avoid eating for a few hours until after you wake up and you exercise more in the night and then wait to exercise for a few hours after you wake up. So it's kind of interesting because you can use things like light and movement and food to kind of like, shift your circadian clock forwards or backwards if you need to adjust it. So it's kind of cool. You can play with stuff like that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, except from sleep. So after the game, it's usually there is lots of stress inside. Inside, Do you recommend doing some light exercise or walking? Yeah. So I recommend, and by the way, this might be the last question I can reply to because I have to go pretty soon. But I recommend uh, if you're able to take a warm bath with magnesium or Epsom salts. That can be very relaxing. I like that as one option. Another option is that breathwork app that I mentioned called Othership has sessions on it that are very relaxing and that can tune you down. But I'll share with you, like, even though there's obviously lots of stuff, right? Like you could drink lavender tea and you could like smell lavender oil and you could like, like you mentioned, like go on a nice relaxing walk to settle down. I'll share with you one other thing it kind of falls into the same categories that Apollo I mentioned. It's like a biohack, but there's this device called the brain tap. It's like a device that creates light and sound. You wear it over your head and it shines light in your ears and on your eyes. And I'm not very hypnotizable, but I will use that device if I'm super stressed out to literally within 20 minutes, like hypnotize my entire body and just put the reboot button on all stress a lot of people don't know about it, but that thing is amazing. It's called the brain tap. And it's literally like this white headset that you pull on that is incredible, especially if you choose like one of the relaxing or sleep enhancing sessions on it. I'll use that thing when I travel because it just like, it just makes you forget about everything and you just like fall into this super de-stressed state. Brain tap you called? Yeah. Brain tap? Yeah. Bra yeah. The brain tap. Yeah. Got it. All right, Ben. I think this is this is this is super useful. Lots of information about how we can what we can do before the game, during, and after. I'm going to experiment myself uh, a lot of stuff and share with the chess world. Thank you very much for your time, for sharing all these things that you have learned through years of years in your life. Thank you very much, Ben. Well, cool, man. Thanks so much for having me on, and I, I love to support. So hopefully things go well. Thank you very much, Ben. I'll let you know if okay. I have more questions in the future. Thanks a lot. All right. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Thank you. My friends, I hope you have gained numerous valuable tips here to elevate your performance. For a more in-depth exploration of this subject, I recommend you diving into Ben's book, Boundless. Furthermore, I'm going to take the biggest takeaways from this interview, my highlights from the book on this matter, and put them into article. 
Stay tuned, I will email you those insights and include them in the episode's description too. Stay well my friend, take care of your health and brain and be awesome.